0: Help us hear the message you have for us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, let's see what Jesus is teaching us in John chapter 17. This chapter is one of my favorites in the Gospels. The whole chapter is a prayer from Jesus to God. He shows us how to pray and the power of prayer here. He shows us he is our intercessor forever as he prayed for us over 2,000 years ago. In verse 20, he prayed, Neither for these alone do I pray. It is not for their sake only that I make this request, but also for all those who will ever come to believe in, trust in, cling to, rely on me through their word and teaching. Yes, we are included in this chapter-long prayer that has lasted over two millenniums. I am drawn to verse 21 that says, that they all may be one, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be one in us, so that the world may believe and be convinced that you have sent me. Jesus prayed we would be one with him and God. Such a blessing. And before we think this is all about us, it is really all about him. Anything we do for the kingdom is for God's glory, not ours. Let's start at the beginning of the chapter now. In verse 1, Jesus prayed God would glorify him. I believe this means he was really praying for God to fulfill his mission and put him on the cross. He actually prayed to be nailed to the cross. This is how deeply we are loved. In verse two, he prayed, now glorify him so that he may give eternal life to all those whom you have given him. Again, it is clarified that he wants to be nailed to the cross to save us. This is love. Then he goes on to clarify eternal life. It means to know, to perceive, to recognize, become acquainted with and understand you, the only true and real God, and likewise to know him, Jesus as the Christ, the anointed one, the Messiah whom you have sent. We are more than blessed, my friend, to become acquainted with, know, and love God and his son. We are blessed to be chosen to know God and his son. Let us be supremely thankful today for this blessing and privilege. Let's see what's happening with the new church in Acts chapter 3. This chapter starts out with a bang. When Peter and John were going to the temple, they met a man who was a beggar because he was unable to walk. Peter didn't give him money, although that's what the man expected. Instead, he healed him. There was much rejoicing. However, Peter saw nothing unusual in this healing. The people saw this miracle and marveled at him. But Peter put them off by telling them he did this miracle through faith in Jesus, not because he had supernatural abilities within himself. Anything miraculous comes from God. He used this opportunity to convict the people and ask them to repent for their sins so they would be forgiven. Peter goes on to bring their knowledge of the Old Testament and the prophets who spoke, including Moses, Samuel, and Abraham, to their remembrance and teach them of what the current times meant. These current times were days prophesied about since the days of old, and they were now living in them. As we have read many of these books in the Old Testament, it is fun to read it in the New Testament. My understanding is so much deeper having read all these books, and I hope you are finding the same thing for yourself. Well, let's see what's happening in 1 Chronicles chapter 15. We read about the successful move of the Ark of God. David determined that the Levitical tribes should move it because they were the ones chosen to minister to God. David recognized they hadn't included God in their plans last time, and it ended poorly. This time he wanted to do it right. So he called the Levitical priests to him and told them to sanctify themselves so they could move the Ark. Verse 13 says, For because you bore it, not as God directed it at the first, the Lord our God broke forth upon us, because we did not seek him in the way he ordained. Let us take note of the lesson here for ourselves. Yesterday we read about David asking God for counsel regarding battle. Today we read about him realizing they had not asked for God's counsel in moving the ark. So let us always include God in our plans and allow him to lead, guide, and direct us. We read about all the music sung and instruments played on their journey. Verse 25 tells us they brought up the ark with joy, and God helped them in the journey. And as God helped them in the journey, they offered seven bulls and seven rams as an offering. The last thing we read about, we've read before. David's wife Michal, the daughter of Saul, looked at David in disgust when she saw him leaping for joy. If you remember, she was given to David by Saul. Initially, she was in love with him. But then Saul gave her to another man when David fled for his life. When Saul died, David made a covenant with the family that he wouldn't harm them if he received her back. In chapter 16, the ark of God was set in the tent which David had made for it. Burnt offerings and peace offerings were made. Then David gave every person food, bread, meat, and raisins. There was much praise and thanksgiving given to the Lord. The singing, the praise, and worship, and the offerings continued. David delegated all the tasks for offerings, ministering, and worship to the Levitical tribe. Verses 8 through 36 are from David's song, and some are found in the book of Psalms. Psalm 96, 105, and 106. Our hearts are lifted up as we read them even yet today. Let's see what Solomon has to share with us in Proverbs 24. The beginning part of this chapter raves about wisdom. Take your time reading through these verses because they bring peace and comfort to our souls, particularly those of us who prize wisdom and knowledge over riches, as I assume you do or you wouldn't be taking the time to read through God's word. May you be blessed as you continue on in this journey. There are also warnings to not envy what others have. There are many verses throughout Proverbs that tell us about envy. I guess Solomon must have known we all need the constant reminder. Let us pray. Oh Lord, thank you for all you do and all you are. Help us follow you and be obedient to you. Keep us yours and don't let this world take our soul. You and only you are where life and love is. Keep us yours forever, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.